Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we find some of the coolest university technology so you don't have to. We want to add to the volume of some of those innovations and hopefully help them become actual things that people can use. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scher, PhD and science wizard. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Charlie. How you doing? Good. How are you? Oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting along. Okay, well, that's better than can be expected, I suppose. Also with us is Joe Rungi, Dr. Law Dog, an entrepreneurial werewolf. How's it going, Joe? It's going great, Charlie. And Tyler, fuck up, man. We're going to do fine. We're all going to get through this together with science. See, I doubt your sincerity. I think you're just, uh, I don't think you That's just that. in general, though, right? I mean, Yeah, just generally, yeah. Fun fact, Charlie calls me most mornings to let me know he doubts my sincerity. <laughs> And then to get over it, what I do is recommend that everyone please rate and review the podcast and please uh, tell your friends, please promote it on all them social medias. We are the front porch of academic innovation worldwide. And I think today we're going to lean a bit more into the academic part of the innovation. Yes, we have, um, we have uh, covered COVID pretty extensively here the, the, um, the last, I don't know, three or four weeks. Um, so I think we're going to I think we should circle around because I think there was some pretty cool stuff that came out in the news that that we just that maybe got ignored or missed through the um, uh, through the pandemic. And Lord knows we, I'm ready to talk about something else. What's that? Lord knows I'm ready to talk about something else. Oh yes, me too. I'm ready to hear about anything else, really. Um, so, but before we go over that, just a, a minor housekeeping point for our listeners: we are doing this remotely, and so the sound quality might not be what you're used to. So there may be. Uh, children or beeps and bongs that come along. So um, please uh, cut us a little bit of a break on that. Um, all right. So all that said, um, Tyler, you were talking about. Um, you sent me a text, and I'm and I and I'm afraid to ask because I'm afraid this is going to bring in Schrodinger's cat. Something about physics and like oh, quantum. Yeah. Um, what do you got, Tyler? There's been all sorts of crazy, interesting exciting physics breakthroughs uh, believe it or not do i need to do i need to check out for this episode because i could my brain's starting to hurt already oh charlie we're gonna get your reactions in real time to everything this is gonna be this is gonna be schrodinger's cat run through charlie's brain okay all right well, lay it on me also won't be running through charlie's brain right all right, lay it on me. Yeah. What's going on? What do you got? We'll both be in his brain and not at the same time. Yeah, so first I have a, a happy accident in an Australian university lab, the University of New South Wales in Australia. Um, they, these researchers discovered, uh, or, or I should rather say solved, a 58-year-old quantum mystery. And this comes to us from... Oh, no, don't tell me they found Schrodinger's cat. I'll... <laughs> I will hang up. I am out of here if you say they found Schrodinger's cat. They, they, yeah, they, they found Niles. Niles, for those of you playing along at home, that is Joe's crazy 846-year-old Methuselah cat that's got like one tooth and, and meows like it's got a mouthful of gravel. Is that a fair, accurate description, Joe? I don't think it does it enough justice. <laughs> Does not meow that something between like a, a foghorn and a car crash? <laughs> yes, that sounds about right. So no, it wasn't the cat. It was the, it was, uh, they've solved the mystery of a phenomenon called nuclear electric resonance. 
What um, is that? So, so what exactly does that even mean? Yeah. So, um, so, <laughs> so it has implications in in the way that we control nuclei. Which, which again, what does that mean? Why does that even matter? This has implications in the way that we that we do things like nuclear magnetic resonance, um, MRIs, NMRs. Um, you know, so these are instruments that we use to actually do some, some, some pretty important medical imaging, a lot of other different applications. So anyway, these researchers through faulty equipment, they've fully admitted, <laughs> uh, just happened to discover, um, they happened to, to solve this riddle. Um, and so what does that mean? What does it allow them to do? So, so I'm going to actually quote and we'll, we'll, share a link to the science alert article here. There's also a uh, nature publication as well. Um, I'm going to quote from this article. So the way that we, that we've um, influenced or moved nuclei uh, in order, in order to do things again, like imaging, like important medical imaging, we have to do them all at once and in a, in a group. So we do this using um, a, a large magnets right now. And so from this article to quote, Performing magnetic resonance is like trying to move a particular ball on a billiard table by lifting and shaking the entire table. So you can imagine if you try to shake the whole billiard table, you're not going to move just one ball, just the eight ball, for example, or the cue ball. You're going to move all of them, right? Right. Uh, you can't just move the intended ball. This breakthrough now will, will allow researchers and technicians and engineers to be able to just move one individual ball. It's like giving them a, 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 an actual billiard stick now that they can use to move one individual uh, ball at a time. So, Wait a second. What's in this analogy, what are we looking at? What's the one individual ball in the, in the, in the practical application of this discovery? Yeah, that's a great, great uh, question. So that would be an individual nuclei now. So, um, so now we're able to, so in doing, you know, like nuclear magnetic resonance, NMR, you're, you're flipping the spin back and forth of, of, of basically all the nuclei within your sample simultaneously and then me measuring um, Tyler, latency. So yeah. Charlie, NMR is, uh, it's a highly complicated instrument that tells you what is in your sample atom by atom. So if you have a mystery thing, you know, let's say that you spill all the Rice Krispies and you're reaching under the fridge and you find some mysterious glowing rock, you're like, huh, I wonder what this is made out of. Uh, right. You send it to an NMR facility and they can't tell you exactly what it is, but what I can tell you is it's 12% carbon, it's 14% nitrogen, and 86% some material not made on Earth or in the known universe. As, as it usually is. Right. You know, typical. <laughs> exactly. Right. Also, uh, Tyler, if you're talking about Australian accidental innovation from faulty equipment, I want a lot more crikeys. Crikey, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. an oi. Oh. Yeah, that's much to ask, and maybe an oblique reference to a kangaroo. Please continue. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Thank you. Cheers. It's vacation. We're having fun here. And now we just lost all our Australian audience. I apologize. But we gained a whole bunch in, in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, okay. Zero sum, people. Yeah, so so practical applications um, uh, of this this happy accident – um, so, th so this will have uh, immediate applications in the chase for an actual uh, quantum computer. So in quantum computing, um, this, this again allows us to basically um, manipulate individual atomic nuclei now using uh, electricity, 
instead of having to use massive magnets is basically the best way I can, I can explain this. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So we can now have much more precise control. Um, uh, it can be done more cheaply. It can be done in a much smaller package now. Uh, you, you, and, you know, critically, you don't need giant magnets um, to do some of the, the things now that we could, we could uh, package into, and, into smaller units. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and with, with just small amounts of, of uh, voltages, we can now control movements of, of atomic nuclei, theoretically. Yeah. You know, Charlie, as, as you probably know, the, the quantum computers right now, they look like two-story coffee machines designed in, you know, Soviet Russia. And before right. They're just... They're, they, look they're very, awesome. they look very steampunk. They're very... Yeah, it literally looks like oh, it's, yeah. it's being run on cold in children's tears. And uh, <laughs> I, mean, I actually feel it kind of bad because, like, if, you know, a quantum computer is just going to look like a graphing calculator, like... Where's the fun in that? But you That's know, true. <laughs> there'll be a lot of them now. There's all sorts of gate valves and <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but where's the cooling liquid nitrogen? Oh, right. <laughs> so, what, Tyler? What you know? What's next for this technology? Is this? Is, is that? Can we say that there's something that there's a next step for it, or is it just a cool discovery, a G whiz sort of thing? Oh no! It, I mean, it's it's yeah, it, it's a G whiz, but it's a G whiz with some immediate implications. So yeah, I mean, the the, the next steps uh, because of this Nature publication will will enable the future of of quantum computing. Will enable probably more higher resolution, uh, cheaper, smaller um, imaging, um, uh, all sorts of different. Oh, wow, that sounds really cool. But, yeah, you know, yeah. you say quantum computing, and my brain immediately jumps to teleportation. How close are we to teleportation? Because it's very important to me that we have teleportation. Well, actually, Charlie, I think I've got something for you on the teleportation front. So, okay. The thing that makes teleportation kind of magical, right, is that you're having physical phenomenon that aren't related to, like, spatial connection. So... You know, it, as I do sometimes, I'll tell my children to, you know, take the laundry upstairs without using the stairs, and they just sit down and start crying. But, like, in reality, you know, it's just, like, a fundamental assumption about the universe that, like, you have to navigate space to accomplish things. And, like, that's why, and, and, and Tyler found this article from, from Science Alert, which is a thing I didn't even know existed until he sent this after we had a reasonable time to prepare but the, the thing that's really amazing um, about this discovery, which is also from, from Australia, um, crikey, is that uh, there was uh, th this notion of, of quantum entanglement. Now, quantum entanglement means that you have non-localized connections between particles. That means that a particle in- Non-local, well, hold on, non-localized attachments. What, what does that yeah, mean? I know, right? That's like straight up gobbledygook right there. But like- Wait, is that a fancy way of saying something that's somewhere else? No. Well, yes, but it, it's a little bit more specific. <laughs> so it's somewhere else, but it's still manipulating something that is far away, right? So, like, if you have two things next to each other and one gets hot, the other one will get hot. And that makes perfect sense. But if you had yeah. something getting hot in a stovetop in Singapore and it started warming up something in my fridge in Omaha, that would make no sense. I mean, like, 
what the heck, right? That, that there's nothing connecting those two things. Correct. Yeah. That's, what, like, that's why like quantum entanglement just freaks me out because what quantum entanglement postulates is that there are forces that connect particles that are non-localized. So they are not in the same place and yet they are still in communication somehow. And so... Wait, hold on. Are they... Oh my God, this is why I hate this quantum stuff. So <laughs> you're saying that everything is somehow connected in one way or another, we just don't know how? So I think maybe the better way to say it isn't quite that. It's there are forces that connect matter that don't really seem to care about where they are spatially. Okay, wonderful. They are poorly understood. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, great. They're ghosts, is what you're saying. These are science ghosts. And yes, Charlie, there are science ghosts. Because it's a group, it's it's MIT, it's Australia, which makes sense because they're not next to each other, right? Unless there's an MIT in Australia. I don't even know anymore. But the thing that they found... Yeah, the Melbourne uh, Institute of Technology. Got it. Boom. Nailed it. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but it should be. It should be. Actually, you got innovation overgrad. But the, the, the thing that they were able to demonstrate is that photons in one place would have a particularly mathematical discernible pattern in the way that they change energy or something along those lines that that were unique, right? That it's not just a, a coincidence that something is manipulating these photons to change their energy level or their spin or God only knows what it is. And they would call those a, 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 a signal photon. And then they would find this same pattern in other photons that are unrelated, that are not spatially in the same place, that they have undergoing some quantum entanglement. And then to like make it even scarier, what they were able to do is they were able to reverse engineer this phenomenon to actually track the movement of things through space. So what it is, is by knowing the patterns of these quantum entanglements and how these photons are connected, they were able to essentially use them like radar creating what they're simply calling quantum radar. And the thing that that really changes is, you know, the way radar works is you send a big, powerful wave, it bounces <laughs> off something, and it comes back. But if it's quantum radar, there's no space. It's low energy. You are using essentially the observed, uh, you're just doing it with sensors. So you're sensing there's essentially a quantum entanglement between two non-localized photons. And from that, you're able to essentially figure out the topography of the space around you. Isn't that crazy? So, 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 Jim, so how, for, so, so for practical applications, I mean, by way of analogy, is this sort of kind of like looking at, like, like me being able to look at a picture of Charlie right now and then through that picture tell what he's doing actually at his house? Is that sort of, kind of? No, I think the way it would work is if, you know, Charlie was in his house and eating a bowl of Rice Krispies that you would happen to know that your, uh, some phenomenon in your house happens when he does that. And so like, my, my, my picture of Charlie would, would change somehow in a way that right. lets me know he's eating like, Rice Krispies. Let's okay. keep with ghost stories here. So if when your picture of Charlie on the wall, when the eyes start following you back and forth in the room, that means that Charlie's eating Rice Krispies. And that's based on a mathematical model of the observed change in those particles by those forces we don't really understand. Does that make Perfect. sense? Total sense. Yeah. Perfect. This is not a tortured analogy or anything at all. Does that ghost-based Bryce Krispie analogy explain quantum mechanics to you? <laughs> if it didn't, it, it would be a problem, wouldn't it? 
I mean, we're just here to throw it everybody's cats, right? I mean, I'd be a complete moron not to get it now. I think that that was a very well thought out, spontaneous. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it was, it was, it was wonderful. Prince um, Alert needs to show up here and be like, Joe Rungi explains quantum mechanics using Rice Krispies at a guy named Charlie. And Ghost. <laughs> and Charlie. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Oh, man. Okay. You know, I, I do need to point out, I, uh, I did look it up. There is actually a Melbourne Institute of Technology. So, crikey. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this one is actually out of Austria. So, it's the other Australia there, Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Joe said Australia, not me. No, see, yeah, that's right. People don't realize the nation of Austria and the continent of Australia are quantumly entangled. They are. <laughs> Every time somebody writes the L in Australia, a cat's eyes blink or something in Austria. It's like that my dad used to say, every Stein hoist in Austria makes a kangaroo jump. <laughs> I never got it till now. But okay. Thanks, I, Yeah. Yeah, theory. This. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, um, is that weird enough for you, Charlie? Yeah, that that was pretty weird. I, I think we have a lot to be proud of today. Um, <laughs> is that? I think please, that. Uh, please check the program notes. We will include links to the science alert stories uh, that we mentioned, as well as uh, some ongoing explainers to the weirdness of quantum mechanics. That is way better than anything we did in the show. Yes. So for, uh, yeah, be sure to, uh, um, check those program notes. I want to thank our sponsors, Unimed, the technology transfer and commercialization office for the university of Nebraska medical center and the university of Nebraska at Omaha and KVNO recording studios who, um, usually have, to, have been great uh, letting us use their space, but uh, for the time being, we're having to do it from home. So for Tyler share Joe Rungi. Oh, Oh, sorry. Also Unitech, the, um, incubator, thing for the university idea egg farm idea egg farm exactly my thought exactly so for tyler sharon joe rungi i'm charlie Litton saying thank you and please join us again every monday on unimed's innovation overground